Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Into the Borough podcast here on TBR Media's network. My name is Jared, chief editor of TBR Media, and thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. We've got a pretty packed episode full of news and then also talking box office projection, our weekly discussion that we have here on the podcast as to what the latest movies are doing at the box office. And I can't wait to dig into what Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 has accomplished or maybe not accomplished. Then later in the show, we are going to be breaking down what's new to streaming and giving you an idea of what's coming here on TBR Media in the future. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to share this podcast. Uh, You can find us on any of the major podcast platforms. Share it with the fellow film lovers in your community and in your life. Uh, We really appreciate it. And then, of course, go check out our Buy Me a Coffee page. That's where you can support the show directly with a one-time contribution or a monthly membership. And we really do appreciate it. It goes a long way towards helping us contribute to the community, pay our staff writers, and also keep upgrading the critical equipment that we use to you know, make sure that you have quality content. So we really appreciate it. And without further ado, let's get into the news. From 2018 until present, we have been firm supporters of Patreon, but we've noticed over the years that our supporters really don't utilize all the perks we have to offer for various tiers. So we wanted to make it easier to support our mission in cultivating a community of passionate media consumers and amplifying indie cinema. Starting today, we are excited to announce that you can do this by simply buying our team a coffee. The only exclusive item that will be made available to members is our podcast, Close Up. For just $5, the price of a cup of coffee, you can watch and listen to Ren and Jared talk about everything from life to the latest theatrical releases. Our membership options also get you producer credits on all of our videos and podcasts, access to our Discord server, and a merch discount of 15%. In addition, we've added wishlist items to the page to make it easier to help us upgrade critical equipment to produce quality content and commissions to react and review to a piece of media of your choosing. This could be films, trailers, songs, anything of the such. This is the first of many exciting changes coming at TBR Media. We hope you will follow along for the journey. TBR Media is your movie refuge. Today's headlines come from Deadline, Variety, The Washington Post, IndieWire, and The Hollywood Reporter. SAG-AFTRA, which starts its contract negotiations with the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers on June 7th, is in the, quote, same boat with the Writers Guild as it strikes for a fair contract. SAG's National Executive Director and Chief Negotiator Duncan Crabtree Ireland told a cheering crowd Wednesday night at the WGA strike rally at the Shrine Auditorium, 
quote, I am here on behalf of the 160,000 members of SAG-AFTRA. I'm also here to say on behalf of the 80 members of the National Board who voted unanimously last weekend a resolution of strong support for the Writers Guild and your fight with the studios in Hollywood to make sure that there is fair treatment for all creative professionals. We are in the same boat together. It's a show of support between the Screen Actors Guild and the WGA as contracts start on June 7th for the SAG-AFTRA members. And we'll update you right here on the Into the Borough podcast for all news pertaining as a potential strike looms from the Actors Guild. In other news, the Academy has set new Oscar campaign rules after controversies involving Andrea Riseborough, Tom Cruise, and Michelle Yeoh. The Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences announced last Monday its most significant overhaul of the campaign promotional regulation and awards rules for the upcoming 96th Oscar ceremony. The updated rules and regulations clarify questions surrounding social media, communications in public forums, including the expansion on violations and penalties, and the review process for individuals directly associated with a film or member conduct. Some of the most notable changes include allowing private events and gatherings that have members, which the Academy does, quote, not consider FYC events or four-year consideration events. However, motion picture studios and companies are prohibited from funding, organizing, or endorsing such events. Social media rules regarding referencing other competitors remain intact. Still, the Academy also put the kibosh on members or campaign teams talking about voting decisions or strategies or even referencing a motion picture meeting or not meeting the Oscars eligibility requirements, including the inclusion standards or theatrical distribution thresholds. So all of these changes are going to make it a little bit harder to talk about certain things when it comes to the Academy for voters specifically. We had talked in 2018 about a class action lawsuit against Riot Games for gender discrimination. And now the company is going to pay $80 million to members of the class action suit and approximately $20 million towards the plaintiff's legal fees. Riot Games agreed to settle the suit in 2019 for $10 million, but California's Department of Fair, Employment, and Housing, the DFEH, intervened, blocking the agreement with a court filing in which the agency argued that victims should be entitled to as much as $400 million. The DFEH posted a news release acknowledging the settlement on this past Monday night. On Thursday morning, Paramount Global reported now having 60 million subscribers to its core streaming service, Paramount Plus, but by the end of a disastrous trading day on Thursday, they dropped by 28%. Paramount Plus, like every streaming service not named Netflix or Hulu, is not yet profitable. But that's only the beginning, analyst Stephen Calhoun of Wells Fargo suggested. And Paramount has already spent $1.7 billion in merging Showtime with Paramount Plus based on the quarter one earnings figures. The way Cowhall sees it, Paramount Plus is, quote, fighting hard for fifth place in the streaming wars behind Netflix, Disney Plus, Hulu, and HBO Max. And it's competing with the likes of Peacock, Apple TV, and Amazon Prime Video. According to Wells Fargo's model, Cowhall doesn't see Paramount or even Comcast breaking even in the streaming wars until 2027. Disney Plus expects to be profitable by 2024, and Warner Brothers Discovery should see Max break even by the next year. There's another alternative for Paramount here, and that's, well, be Sony. 
If Wells Fargo were running Paramount, they'd turn it into an arms dealer like Sony, licensing and selling its content to others, or they'd go another step further and break up the company's assets. Cahal points to Amazon buying MGM for $8.5 billion and figures that Paramount Studios are worth a combined $30 billion or more. And that concludes your last week's news update. Have you checked out our YouTube channel yet? That's where we upload video reviews of the latest TV shows and movies, stream gaming content on occasion, and recently, we've started doing in-depth video essay analysis. We have a goal to reach 1,000 subscribers by the end of the year, and we need your help to get there. We'd like to celebrate by doing something special for all of our subscribers if we hit this goal. And we'll rely on you to help decide what we end up doing. To find us, simply search at The Borough Media on YouTube. Make sure to not only subscribe if you like the content, but to give the video a like and ring the bell to make sure you receive notifications when we upload or go live. TBR Media is your movie refuge. And then for your box office projection report for the week, Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Users from all of our social media platforms had a lot of different things to say about the prediction of the Guardians of the Galaxy 3 box office performance uh, domestically here opening weekend. Uh, over on Instagram, most users, 60%, said that it would make $110 million, uh, which is kind of about right on point for where it came. We'll get to that in a second. Over on YouTube... Uh, it was split down the middle by three ways, with 33% saying 10, uh, 110 million, 130 million, and 150 million, respectively. Um, so, this is kind of a unique example of a movie that had so much uh, consideration when it came to predicting the box office. You know, with Marvel's recent failures in a lot of people's eyes, with. Uh, the start of the summer blockbuster season with the Guardians of the Galaxy franchise as a whole because a lot of people really think that that's one of the best MCU franchises. So there were so many different factors that went into kind of predicting the outcome over the weekend. Nonetheless, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 opened to 114 in the U.S., uh, promising $282 million globally. Any domestic opening over $100 million in the post-pandemic era is nothing to be dismissed, though. Still, Guardian's initial performance in North America is mixed news for Marvel and Gunn, who now runs rival DC Studios, and is sparking further concern that superhero fatigue has settled in at the box office as the 2023 summer season kicks off. Only a year ago, for example, Marvel threequel Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness soared to a series best of $187 million in its domestic launch. Guardians 3 certainly doesn't lack audience love at all. It earned an A cinema score and a strong exit score on the post-track, and it's already paying off. On Saturday morning, Marvel and Disney thought the movie might clear no more than 110 for the weekend, but traffic was better than expected, and I think a lot of that traffic has to do with the word of mouth, the positive reaction from fans, uh, you know, both of the Guardians of the Galaxy franchise, but as the MCU as a whole. 
the Super Mario Brothers, obviously, after four weeks, it dropped off the number one spot, but that doesn't mean that it dropped off far, coming in at number two with an estimated 18.6 million for a hefty domestic total currently of 518 million and north of 1.16 billion globally. Uh, it is the first film in 2023 to break that billion dollar threshold. Um, I don't know how many more of those we're going to get. I think everything kind of came together really nicely for that movie, and it had a lot of time in between the next biggest release. So it was planned and executed perfectly in the release calendar. Um, Best case scenario for the Super Mario Brothers. Guardians, on the other hand, is another story. But uh, Evil Dead Rise jumped the $100 million mark globally in its third weekend. It came in at number three domestically with $5.7 million. And then overseas, it earned another $9.1 million from uh, 63 markets. In the fourth place, you had Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, with a domestic tally of $12.6 million. But over the weekend, it was only able to generate an additional $3.4 million. So what do you think of that news? Let us know down in the comments below. I know at this point, you've heard a lot about our website, theboroughmedia.com, but I wanted to share some of the content you can expect from us in case you missed it. On our site, you'll find podcasts, movie reviews, opinion articles, and more content covering all types of cinema. If you're looking for a review on your latest project, we've got you covered. Simply search theboroughmedia.com in your website browser and you'll find us. As a company residing in Nebraska, we know how hard it can be to get your message out to the world and we want to help. Find our contact page on our website and fill out the form. You'll also find a list of submission guidelines on the page. Not every submission will be accepted, mainly due to time restrictions, but we welcome all types of motion pictures. So what are you waiting for? Head over to the site now and check it out. TVR Media is your movie refuge. And I'm sure you're all probably wondering, what is new to watch on TV? Obviously, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 released this past weekend, so if you're looking for a fun summer blockbuster, head over to see Guardians of the Galaxy 3. But we're going to talk about what is new to watch on your television right now. Over the weekend on Max, the other two, season three released, and that released on May 4th. So if you're familiar with the show, you've watched the past two seasons, you can head over right now and check that out. Also, Bupkiss, which released on Peacock over the weekend, you had Queen Charlotte, a Bridgerton story release on Netflix. So if you're a fan of Bridgerton season one and two, you should first check out the review that we have for both of those on the site. I think, Ren, do we have... The season one review on the site as well did we do one for that no okay so just go check out our season two review of bridgerton and then uh check out the queen charlotte story on netflix you also had hannah gadsby something special uh stand-up special on netflix release so if you're a fan of gadsby i recommend checking that out the class of 09 uh which you can find on fx specifically on hulu um, that premieres on May 10th coming up here. And then you also will have Queer Eye Season 7 on Netflix premiering on May 12th. There's not really much else in terms of like high high quality TV. Not saying that there isn't high quality TV, but for the, uh, the franchise uh, IP, I would say that that's pretty much all you got. I think the calendar kind of picks up closer to the end of May, and we'll have a lot more. I would recommend everyone, if you're a fan of Bill Hatter and you've seen Barry on HBO, um, go check out that show. It's still currently running in its last season. 
new episodes premiere every Sunday night. I think there's going to be eight episodes total. And uh, that show is a whole lot of fun. So I recommend checking that out. Uh, For video games, Redfall uh, just released uh, over on PC and Xbox Series X. If you have Game Pass, you can pick it up. I have not played it yet, but the co-op FPS from Arcane Austin, the award-winning team behind Prey and Dishonored, are continuing Arcane's legacy of carefully crafted worlds. And I'm not sure that that's so true, because if you go check out the meta score right now, the last I had looked a few days ago, it was at two for the user reviews. So people aren't necessarily uh, taking kindly to this game, and I think part of that is due to the controversy surrounding its really buggy and uh, really buggy and and also, I would just say, poor release. You know, you you release these games and... They just feel so unfinished. Um, And Dead Island 2, which just came out, had a similar issue with bugs. But I think the main problem that that gaming is having, uh, you, I mean, it's not an exclusive problem to gaming. There are plenty of, you know, pieces of media that release unfinished. Um, But I think really when you're talking about video games specifically, the performance aspect is more important than anything else. It, It kind of weighs on the story. A little bit more, unlike films where, you know, if you have a good story, um, you can kind of, you know, scramble to make things work a little bit. But with gaming, everything is writing on the gameplay itself. And when you release something in such a state that people aren't really able to play it, you're going to have a problem. And more and more, we're seeing people kind of demand better. And that's a really good thing, I think. Um, Xbox is kind of in a unique spot. The Activision Blizzard that was supposed to um, you know, be acquired by Xbox and Microsoft didn't go through in the UK. And I think now when they're looking at their release calendar for the next year, the really only big hitter IP that they have going for them right now is Starfield. So all eyes are on Bethesda for that one, because the last few Bethesda games have come out the same way. In fact, worse, if if you remember Fallout 76. So I'll be curious to see, you know, what eventually comes of Redfall. I don't know if you know, after a few patches that people are going to go back in with a fresh set of eyes to really like give the game a chance. Uh, more and more, it's becoming a story of, well, the game's not finished. I'm putting it down for a year until they figure out their shit. And then you're only going to be able to retain a certain portion of those people. Um, much like our experience with Cyberpunk uh, 2077, where we played a little bit of it, played a few hours of the, you know, campaign and Then we just decided, you know, it was too much. We were going to put it down and we were going to wait until a significant patch came through to fix a lot of the issues that were occurring. And and when it did, we we hopped back in, we finished the game, we played it, we streamed a little bit of it, um, and it was a lot of fun. But not everyone does that. So, uh, but I just want to reiterate too that this isn't a problem that's new. Um, This has been occurring for, you know, a little over a decade at this point. And um, it's just seemingly not getting better. Uh, I don't expect any studio or developer to have everything right on launch, but it should be playable to the point where it's not affecting gameplay um, consistently. Uh, You know, minor bugs, uh, occasional glitches, things like that are acceptable and understandable, but the release date of that game was unacceptable, and we have to let them know about that. Anyway, that is my rant for for gaming for today. 
Uh, thank you, everyone, for tagging along on this episode of the Into the Borough podcast. It was a quick newsflash episode. I hope you enjoyed the discussion that we had and all the news that came before. Uh, make sure to like and share uh, this podcast wherever you can on all the social media platforms that you have. Uh, share it with your friends, your family, uh, any film lovers, or even just media lovers. We talk about a lot of things here um, at TBR Media and on the Into the Borough podcast. So, please consider doing that. And again, I'm going to plug Buy Me a Coffee, where you can make a one-time donation or sign up for monthly membership. It goes a long way to supporting the show. But the biggest thing is to make sure to download this episode to let the streaming services know that you are listening and that you want to see more content from us. Anyway, uh, I hope you all have a great week. It's the start of May. Uh, Cinco de Mayo went really well, I hear, for the most part. A lot of uh, my friends seem to enjoy themselves over the weekend here in the Omaha area, so I hope you did as well. We will see you on the next episode of the Into the Borough podcast. And don't forget, we have an episode of Based on a True Story from Ren and Cam coming later on this month, so be on the lookout for that. It'll be over Hamilton, for those of you who are interested, which is probably going to be a large majority of you. Uh, Anyway, thank you so much, and we will see you in the next episode.